There are two seasons where the enemy stirs things up the most, Passover and atonement. For those that don't know, we're moving into the time of the season of atonement. And um, <clears throat> it is believed that the enemy really begins to work overdrive. And I don't know if you felt that lately, like they had a lot of joy a couple weeks ago. You had a lot of peace a couple weeks ago, like everything's running pretty smooth a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden, all hell begins to break out, or you feel like something's not there that was there previous. That's a demonic assault. That's an attack of the enemy. And it really does happen in seasons. It happens in cycles. And I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing upon my life. I, I want his blessing because a blessing gives me empowerment. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey, everybody say obey. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Um, we have his word, but help us to hear your voice. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body when you obey his voice or his word. Blessed shall uh, uh, be your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. <clears throat> blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Just know that we have an enemy, an adversary that wants to always cause us problems, adversarial issues, but the Lord, when the blessing comes, will cause our enemies to flee. They shall come up against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you, come on, in your storehouses when you're obedient to his word and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see... <clears throat> You are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Wow, this is incredible. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them or to do them. For a believer to be an overcomer, we're going to need God's blessing or his empowerment to prosper. That's what the blessing means, the empowerment to prosper. It's an anointing to do it. So if we're going to be overcomers, we need that anointing of the blessing. And the way that you get the blessing is through obedience. Now, I know a lot of preachers don't like to preach on that today because nobody would ever show up. If I had a conference about obedience, nobody would show up. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I don't think I want to show up either. Come on, because we all know we've been disobedient. But obedience is tied in directly to the empowerment to prosper, to do well, to go over and to arrive into our destiny. And what's the opposite of obedience? It's what? Disobedience, right? When we're disobedient to a direct command from God, it's called rebellion. And rebellion can move into the spirit of rebellion, which we see that's in the word of God. In other words, I'm going to do it my way, Lord. I know what you've told me to do, but I'm still going to do it my way because I like my way better than your way. Your way costs me comfortability, and I like to be comfortable. 
I, I don't want any issues. I don't want to have to stand up when other people tell me to sit down. I don't want to have any persecution. I don't want anybody talking behind my back. I want a nice little neat little night life. And I want a little white picket fence in my little life. And that's what I want it to be. And I want you basically to come in my world when I need you. And then scurry away until I need you again. That's the kind of Christians I do not want to be around because in the day of battle, you'll be the first one to run out of the foxhole. You will not have my back. You won't have anybody's back because all you're looking out for is for yourself. So we're looking for some obedient Christians, believers, that know how to become overcomers in this life. God didn't give you this life to run it your way. Although he gave you a will to do it your way, we want to do it Yahweh, God's way, so that we can have the blessing upon us and God that can open up his good treasure and bless us from heaven's door to us. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft means manipulation. It's to manipulate God, to manipulate people to do what I want done. And when you're in rebellion because of disobedience, it opens the door to demonic harassment. That's why you'll find Christians constantly going over one problem after the other. Seems like they can never get out of it. And I just want to, I love you, but I want to tell you the truth. Somewhere, honey, you're not being obedient to what God's asked you to do. Because you want to do it your way. I ain't getting many claps tonight. Hallelujah. But that's okay. I, I recognize what I'm talking about, okay? And I got my own issues. You got yours too. But I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil. So the truth is, the truth is if we're running from one harassment of the enemy to the next, it's because somewhere we've left the door open through our disobedience, which disconnects us from the blessing of God. And if you're disconnected from the blessing of God, you cannot have God's best in this life. And I don't want to just sing the song in the sweet by and by. I don't want to talk about one day when I get to heaven. I know everything's going to be a blessing there. I live in the now, right now. I live in this day today. And I need God's blessing on me right now in this world. Look, the, the curse, the curse comes as a direct result of disobedience, which I don't have time to read, but you can read it for yourself. Deuteronomy 28. We don't like the other half of that chapter. Because when you disobey God, stuff begins to happen. You know, the curse will come on your basket. The curse comes on your field. Curse comes on your body. Curse comes on your flocks. Curse when you go in. Curse when you go. The Lord will cause your enemies to defeat you rather than the other way around. And it goes on and on and on and talks about what happens because of the curse. The question is, can you curse yourself? Yes, you can. Disobedience turns on the curse. But your mouth, everybody say my mouth, gives it direction. So when I act in disobedience, usually my mouth is right behind it. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So God says, I, I put it before you. You got free choice, free will, life, death. Blessing, cursing. Then he says, choose life. Don't choose death. Choose blessing. Don't choose cursing. He actually puts it in front of us so that we understand. Well, how about James 3, verse number 8? But no man can tame the tongue. This is how it gets tied together. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. So when we're going to serve God, we serve with all of our hearts. We want to obey him. 
My prayer is that always, God, I want to obey you. I'm sorry that I disobeyed you. Forgive me that I have not been obedient to you. or what you. And then we, we, he wipes the slate clean so that I can begin to obey him. Isn't that great that God will forgive us and give us another opportunity and chance? Come on, somebody. Isn't that great news? He don't throw nobody away. He still works. But if I want that blessing and get the cursing off my life, I got to do it God's way. And then I got to begin to speak the blessing because out of my mouth can proceed either cursing or blessing. Either I'm cursing my life with my mouth or I'm, cur or I'm blessing my life with my mouth. Which one's it going to be? Think of, I wish, you would, I wish you would record yourself all day long. I think you'd be shocked at how miserable you are and how much cursing you do over your life. This day just sucks. I hear people say, oh, that sucks. Milwaukee sucks. And you guess what? Your life begins to suck. You know why? Because you believe it in your heart. You spoke it with your mouth. Now your mouth is giving your life direction and everything in your life turns bad. So when suck spirit comes, come on, somebody say amen to that. There's a suck spirit. When it comes in, I say, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored of God. I'm doing pretty good, actually. Hallelujah. God's good to me. Do you feel it? Don't have to feel it. I know what his word says, and he's looking for somebody to come in agreement with what he says. I'm the head and not the tail. Either I'm going to believe it or not. Here's how we change that negativity and change our mouths. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. You know, we know more stats about the Packers and the Bears and all them other teams out there, come on, sports, than we do about the word of God. We know more about the stats of LeBron, come on somebody, than we do Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What about them all-stars? Y'all don't want to talk to me tonight? LeBron's great, but you know what? He ain't going to save me, praise God. I need the word of God, and I need that word in my mouth. And then he says, you meditate. You shall meditate in that word day and night, all day long. When you want a miracle from God, I'm trying to get us prepared for something here. When you want a breakthrough from God, when you really want to step into the supernatural, it can't be a half-time job. It's got to be a full-time job. You got to turn Netflix off, Hulu off, come on, all them other stuff. You might not be able to go to the movies this weekend. You're spending time with God because you're working on something day and night. Day and night night I'm meditating on that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success that's the secret right there where is the word of God to be in your mouth prosperity and success comes when you speak the word of God so that if you can curse yourself you can also bless yourself through the word of God not just your own words, Lord bless me today, but finding what the word says about your life and speaking it. Isaiah 65, 16 says, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. So we can bless ourselves. How do you bless yourself? Through bold, confident, faith filled words bold assertive not backing down 
When you see something by faith, you go for it with your words. I can do, you see, when you start seeing, when God shows you something, he shows you something bigger than you can accomplish normally. You just ain't got that kind of smarts, talents, or whatever you need. You know inside you can't do it, but you know God gave it to you. So the way you get ownership of it is you speak what God says about it pertaining to your life. So in other words, the way I connect it is I'm going to be obedient to God. That's for me because he said it's for me, and I won't speak like it's already here in my life. I wish I could preach really the way I want to preach tonight. Amen. So I speak it. So in this sense, saying, well, I can't do that. No. Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In my strength, no, but in his strength, yes. I can. Amen. So here's how we do it. We get bold, assertive, faith-filled words, and we speak them. So for years, I'd cry and say, Lord, I want to I be a voice. God, make me a voice. Because you know what? I don't want to just be another preacher. I want to be a voice. I want to connect with you, and I want to speak what you want said. And to me, that's a voice. That's somebody who's not just preaching and teaching points from the Word of God, but somebody actually has a prophetic thing that's happening in the atmosphere, and when he speaks, it's from the throne of God. I wanted that. Make me a voice. And one day, God spoke to me and said, Son, how long are you going to ask me for the same thing? I said, I guess till I get it. He said, then you ain't got no faith. He said, you asked me the first time. I heard you the first time. He said, why don't you just start thanking me that I made you a voice? Oh. You mean do what your word says? You mean call those things that be not as though they were? Translation, call things that haven't happened yet as if they're already happening? Well, that's lying. Not according to God. God says that's faith, man. That's, that's faith. And with faith, you can move any mountain, any obstacle in your way, and it will come to pass in your life. So I started thanking him that I'm a voice, that I'm a voice. I'm not going to ask him anymore. Just like you're healing. Why would you need to ask 14 times? Or 44,000 times. Why? You asked the first time. He heard you the first time. Now begin to thank him for your healing. Thank you that I'm healed. But I don't feel healed. See, that's not faith. Faith isn't feeling. Faith is receiving. I receive. It's done. You can say, Lord, I'm going to thank you uh, through until I get my manifestation. And You don't have to lie about it. You, didn't, you don't have the manifestation yet. But you thank him because you've already received it by faith. I already have ownership. Yo, are you are you here or something? So if if I if I have Robbie, if I said Robbie, I get his car keys for you, and I and I throw him the car keys. God told me to bless you with this car, and I throw him the car keys, and I said, but uh, uh, you know I don't have it on me right now, but it's going to happen pretty soon. He knows me enough that I'm not going to tell a lie if I toss the keys. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to tell everybody he knows I got myself a new car. Well, where is it? Well, it's going to be delivered in a few days, right? And he's going to, but he don't care. He knows it's, he's already got it. He's not going to say in three days I'm going to be owner of a new car. He's going to tell everybody, I got myself a new car. Because by faith, he received the key. Why don't we receive the key of healing in our lives tonight? By his stripes, we were and we are healed. Come on, someone say amen. So I receive it by faith before it comes into my body. And, and we got to ask bold, assertive, faith-filled words. 
we got to use them. Uh, Psalms 2.8 says, ask of me, God said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. That's pretty big talking right there. You have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. Are you all following me so far? What are we talking about now? What, what are we really talking about? Are we just talking about the problem all the time? How bad it is? How unfair it is? How mistreated I feel? How everybody's used me and abused me? How long we talk about the abuse? The only time you should talk about the abuse in your life is when you're, fellow, or when you're testim- giving a testimony and saying, here's what I went through, but here's what God delivered me from. And I love you, but I don't need to hear your bad story 14,000 times because guess what? It ain't doing you no good. It keeping you living in the past. It ain't going to do me any good. I can only empathize that much for you. That's all we have. What we can do as human beings. After a while, you're going to start saying, thank you, Lord. I'm still alive. You still spared me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, raise me up to be a testimony unto you. I made it. I made it to the other side. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. Got to ask bold. Jesus said, ask, and you what? Shall receive. And whatever you ask in my name, it will be given to you or granted unto you. That's pretty amazing. I wrote this down today. I got this by the Spirit. I love it. Statement. Articulation leaves out speculation and releases the demonstration of what you need. Say it again. It's going to sink in. Articulation leaves out speculation and releases the demonstration of what you need. Why did I put that in there? Because we got to get specific and bold with what we ask for. We, can, we don't speculate. We don't, walk, we, don't, we don't talk about what's going on or go round in circles. We get to the point. When you come to me as your pastor, I'm going to help you out with me, okay? You really want me to really help you? Then get to the point in your conversation, please, I beg of you. I'm begging of you. Quit. I talk, talk about that. I don't need to go back to 1965 when your dad was born and, and how this happened to your family. Can we just get to the point? Praise God. I'm a point guy. Get me to the point, and I'll help you the best I can. But I will, you will lose me, man. I'm snoring. I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm not even there anymore. Praise God. I'm going to go ahead and tell the truth because y'all need to know the truth. Get to the point. I think Jesus is that way. What are you talking about? What do you want? Just ask me. Oh, okay. Don't speculate. Articulate. Amen? Then he can what? Demonstrate. So he goes up to a man named blind Bartimaeus because he's there you go and Jesus asked him what do you want need come on somebody he said my sight Lord everybody knew what he needed come on but Jesus wanted him to articulate with his own mouth what is it you want from me I don't want to speculate I don't want you to speculate I want you to articulate so I can demonstrate my power for what you need. Amen. Okay. Uh, I got so much I want to say about that, but we don't know more time. I remember we had no, when we first started church, we had no money for anything, but we just didn't have money. But we had no money for advertising. I wanted to advertise. I want people to know we're, you know, we're in the school building, you know, and nobody even knows we exist pretty much. So it's just word of mouth. And I really wanted to get some advertisement, but I didn't have any money to get. I wanted to go on the radio or do something. And we didn't have any money, so couldn't do it right away. So we begin to pray. Lord, you know, get the word out. Tell people we're here, you know. I don't, what does he do? So you tell your people, you train them, go out there and tell people about the church. And all we have is we don't have a nice building like this. 
By the way, I know it looks a little grubby out there right now in the lobby, but can you see it coming together? It's kind of nice, don't it? Wait till it all comes together, guys. It's going to happen real soon. You're going to love it and be very proud of it. Our whole children's ministry thing is completely changing. The uh, aftermath area over here is completely changing. The, the lobby configuration, the cafe will stay in the same place, but the, the center's changing. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to love it. But we didn't have anything like this. All we had a school building. So I said, Lord, help us, you know, get the people in here in Jesus' name, you know. So we prayed that. I didn't hear this once. I heard this half a dozen times from different people in our church. And a visitor would show up and they said, this visitor came tonight, or maybe it was a couple even, came tonight, and I said, well, how'd they find out about us? They said, they said this guy with long hair in his 30s uh, was walking downtown and said, you, you were looking for a church? You need to go to this church called Faith Builders and it's at Deer Creek Elementary uh, School on um, Kinnikinick in Bayview, or in St. Francis. And um, you'll love it. I didn't hear that once. I heard that six different times. A man in his 30s with long hair uh, would walk up to people and invite them to church. A man, by the way, who never came to our church. Now, you can say what you want, but I believe that could have been either an angel or Jesus just loves me that much. Come on, so I don't know who it was. But somebody, it was supernatural because I believe we got specific. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to have the money. You don't have to have the right connections. Matter of fact, sometimes your right connections are terrible connections. Just because you think they're good don't mean they're good at all for you. And so we prayed, and God began to move by his spirit. Wasn't that wonderful? I could give you testimony to testimony how that began to happen more and more in our world. Um, there are battles, church, I'm going to close with this, that are going on. There are battles. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, it is a time of war. Matter of fact, that has been in my spirit for the last five years. I keep saying it, I keep hearing it, and I keep saying it. It's a time of war, he said, but most of my church is still playing games. They do not understand the season that they're in. They don't get it. They think it's all bless me, bless me, bless me. Now, God didn't tell me that specifically, but what I've observed, and, and it's grace this and grace that, and I love grace. His grace is what? It is amazing. It is wonderful. But grace is not an occasion for you to sin, to do what you want to do, and God's grace covers me. Hello? Hello? Am I right about this? Come on, church. Grace actually is the power that keeps you from sin. So we got this thing. The devil knows how to twist stuff up, y'all. But read your Bible. It's right there in the word of God. So, uh, but the church is so jacked up when it comes to that stuff. A lot of great stuff happening too. But I'm talking about by and large in America, we're fast asleep. And there's a great war that's taking place in the heavenlies. This church is being positioned right now to be in the front lines of that war. I personally covet your prayer. My wife and I, for us, our family, our children, for the church, not just, I, you can't just have me praying for you. I gotta have you all praying for us too. We need that because we're going more and more on the front lines and we're doing spiritual warfare. The enemy just won't give up ground. We're gonna go take the ground because it don't belong to him, but he's gonna fight. When he fights, we'll win. It's a good fight of faith but we're going to have to fight back. We don't sleep on the job. Amen. 
We've been created for this. This is the day we've been created for. And you, I have scripture after scripture I could give you that bears all of that, that out. Um, but we've got to be willing to fight by the Spirit. And um, by the way, this, this fight that we wage really brings the blessing on the empowerment to prosper on the whole entire family. And I could show you that in scripture, it's there, that actually that we sanctify our families. We actually sanctify, our, if we're born again, our whole entire family. But Obadiah, I mentioned him, and I'm closing here. I mentioned him and how God, or, or Paul took, I'm sorry, Paul, uh, David took the Ark of the Covenant and parked it in the house of Obed-Edom. What's interesting is, is that everybody in the house, the Bible says, got blessed. And everything that Obed-Edom did in that home because of the Ark of the Covenant got blessed. So there was a blessing by association. That's why I'm trying to get people in the house because I know there's a river flowing here. It may not be flowing across the street, but it's flowing in this house. That's why the devil will try to get you out of the house, get you upset because, you know, things changed or this happened or that happened or I didn't recognize something or in your life or whatever and people get offended and they leave right before the miracle begins to happen. But the spirit of God's in this place and so all of us get blessed by association of what God's choosing to do in this place. Amen. Very important that we understand that. And when we have the anointing back in us, the presence of God, and like I preached last week, the glory of God, we win the fight every single time. But we must all come together. Somebody say amen.